Lord, it seems appropriate that we're speaking about our, our brokenness today because in our brokenness, your goodness was indeed running after us. You were chasing after us. Even when we were trying to run from you, you were drawing us near. So we thank you for your goodness. And Lord, as much as we don't like brokenness, we like the way that brokenness draws us back to you. And so, Lord, as we consider today that second circle in our diagram that we are indeed broken, I pray that even as we consider it, we'll see how all along you've been running after us. You've been drawing us back to you. You've been good to us, and you wouldn't let go of us. Help us to see that. And if there's one listening to today from home or maybe later this week, they're going to listen and and they've been running, I pray that even now you would draw them unto yourself. We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Well, I'm uh, giving Eric quite a workout this morning with, uh, with slides. He's got about 60 slides to keep up with. And uh, it starts with Genesis 3, because I'm going to read uh, the, the first 19 verses. So uh, hang in there and thank you, uh, Eric, for hanging in there with me. Genesis 3, uh, verses uh, 1 to 19. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And as I told you the other week, the Hebrew actually says the wind of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, well, the woman you gave to, to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, Well, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise or crush your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. 
And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face or your brow you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Last week we looked at the kind of the last words of of Jesus as they're recorded in Matthew, and we were reminded that Jesus has given us a mission to share the good news of the gospel. And I'm reminding you that we must first pray for lost people and for opportunities to turn everyday conversations into gospel conversations. And last week, if you were here, you received a prayer card. Uh, there's additional prayer cards out in the vestibule uh, at, at the welcoming booth there. If you'd like to grab some, please do so. So I want to urge you again this week as we begin to start or to keep praying for lost people in your lives. I also share with you that we're learning an approach for sharing the gospel titled Three Circles. And we looked at the first circle, God's design. And we were reminded that God created everything perfectly. It was not only good, but it was very good. But we have departed from God's design, and the Bible tells us and calls that departure sin, and sin leads to brokenness. Some of us this morning were working on drawing uh, this diagram. And I read from Genesis 3 this morning, and it tells of the fall of the first humans, Adam and Eve. And Romans 5.12 tells us that just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. We've all sinned. We're all broken, if you will. But even if we had not read the story of the first humans, or uh, if I hadn't shared the words of the Apostle Paul, we can look at our world and see pretty quickly that we are broken. The author of the Three Circles material wrote that in the United States today, 40% of children live in single-parent homes. And those single parents, many of them are doing a marvelous job. They are absolutely doing the best they can. I don't know how they do it. Even with both of us at home, we, we had our struggle. So I'm proud of what some of the single parents are doing. But we know it's not the way God intended it to be. Some 400 to 500,000 children are in foster care in the U.S. It's estimated that 20 million people in the United States are ensnared by some form of addiction. According to FBI data, there were 1.2 million violent crimes in 2019. That's more than 3,000 violent crimes per day in the United States. As someone has said, we're a Humpty Dumpty nation. We've fallen off the wall. We're broken and we cannot put it all back together again. And it's not for a lack of trying. There are all kinds of people doing all sorts of things. And I applaud some of those things they're doing. But the only lasting solution, I believe, is to turn to the good news of the gospel. 
But before we get there next week, as difficult as it might be today, we need to first understand our brokenness. We need to acknowledge that we're broken people. I think it's only in seeing our brokenness that you and I will then turn to God's solution. God has a good and perfect design. We talked about that last week. That's the first circle. But the Bible tells us again, we chose to depart from that design and we refer to that departure as sin. And Genesis reminds us that we chose to depart from the very beginning, from the very beginning of time. I say we because I believe Adam and Eve are representative of all of humankind. The words Adam and Eve are proper nouns, the names of individuals. So I believe very much they were two people who lived at the beginning of time. But at the same time, Adam is the word Adamah, which means from the earth. And Eve sounds like the Hebrew word for life giver. So Adam and Eve are representative of all who are from the earth, of all who have life. And many, if not most of you, know Adam and Eve's story. The serpent, clearly Satan, said to the woman, verse 1, Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Well, no. God actually said quite the opposite. In Genesis 2, verses 16 to 17, God said that they could eat of every tree in the garden except, verse 17, the tree of good, of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, Satan's already departing from God's design. Satan's already twisting God's word at the very beginning. And even her answer, she begins to depart from God's design and God's truth. She rightly says, verse 3, that there's one tree that we must not eat from. But then she goes on to say, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Genesis 2 never says that. God never said that. God didn't say anything about dying if they touched it. He said, if you eat of it, you'll die. Obviously, you've got to touch it to eat of it, but he did not say exactly what Eve said. They're already departing from God's Word. And we see that departure further when God questions their eating from the forbidden tree. Verse 12, the man blames the woman. In verse 13, the woman blames the serpent. Folks, the blame game is as old as the beginning of time. And, and the man went so far as to dangerously blame God. That woman you gave to me, she gave me fruit of the tree. I, I mean, he all but said, God, it's your fault. You gave me that woman. Oh, how quickly we depart from God's design, and, and we've been departing ever since. It's called sin, and we're all guilty. Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. We've turned away everyone to his or her own way. Romans 3.10, there's no one righteous, no, not one. 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in case you're wondering, all and none is all of us. It's everyone. You know, one of the problems when we talk about sin in the church is that church people have this bad habit. We're notorious for defining sin as whatever someone else is doing. 
But let's face it, you and I are all broken. We're broken people. Sin, which is any departure from God's design, leads to brokenness. And we see this right away in the Garden of Eden. We see it in broken communion with God, verses 8 to 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and he said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid and because I was naked and so I hid myself. You see, of course, they were physically naked, but they were also emotionally and spiritually naked. They had departed from God's design and their fear and their shame and their guilt and their brokenness had been exposed. And so they hid from God. You see, our brokenness causes a disruption, a departure from God's design. And the first thing it does is it disrupts our relationship with God. But it also causes a departure in our marriages. You know, when Genesis 2 ends, it speaks of the woman being bone of the man's bone and flesh of his flesh. And it speaks of the man leaving his parents and cleaving or, or holding fast to his wife. But now in Genesis 3, at the end of verse 16, we read, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. The relationship has changed. It's not as pure as it once was. At the beginning of that same verse, verse 16, we get a sign that family life, as God originally designed it, has been departed from. We still have family, but the pain of childbearing has been multiplied. And certainly that points to the physical pain that a woman endures, but it seems to me it's also a sign that there's going to be other pain in having a family. That our sin has brought a departure from God's good design for our family. Our brokenness has also tarnished our work life. Verse 17, because Adam rebelled and ate of the tree, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Our brokenness has also totally changed and tainted our physical life. Look at the end of this verse. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We all die. We're all broken, beloved. Every one of us. There's no one righteous, no, not one. But our brokenness can help you and I see that we need to change. We often try to do it by fixing our own brokenness. Uh, that's the squiggly lines on our three uh, circles diagram is our own fixes for brokenness. We strive for a better me. Striving for a better me is the reason why so many 
uh, self-help books and articles have been written. Uh, back in the day when we actually read books more uh, and there were bookstores all around, Barnes & Noble often, that was their biggest section uh, in the bookstore was self-help. But ultimately, it doesn't work. Oh, there's some good things in those teachings. There, there are some things we can learn from those teachings. There's some things that you and I can apply to our living. But they never deal with the root of our problem. And the root of our problem is our sin and our brokenness. And we cannot fix ourselves. But the good news is that God has not left us in our brokenness. That's where the gospel comes in. And we're going to spend our time in the next worship service next Sunday looking at the gospel, reminding us all of what the gospel is and who the gospel is, Jesus. And the gospel in brief is that God sent Jesus uh, to die for us. He lived a perfect life, therefore he could take our place on the cross and die the death we deserve. And he was raised to new life so that we can have the promise of life eternal, so that we can live anew. And we're going to talk more about that next week. But I just want to one more time this morning walk you through the three circles. I know it's repetitive, but part of our hope in this, as we agreed to work on this three circles presentation, is that there'd be enough redundancy, enough repetitive nature of this, that it would become so ingrained in your lives that you could repeat it, that you could share it with those around you. Uh, so it's our hope that you can help others and remind ourselves that we're broken and that we need the grace of Jesus. First slide of the, of the diagram. God indeed has a good and perfect design for our lives. He's got a perfect design for our marriages He's got a perfect design for our families, for our work and our rest, for our lives, period. But we have departed from that design. Next slide. As you know, the Bible calls that departure sin, and we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. Ever since Adam and Eve, we've been born with a sinful nature. We fall short of God's perfect design. Next slide. And that sin leaves us broken. Uh, this is where we spent most of our time today was talking about brokenness. And again, we see the effects of brokenness all around us in marriages, in, in families, in our workplaces, in our schools. We lead broken lives and, and then eventually we indeed die. And none of us want to be broken. Again, we, we try to fix it with all the things we can think of. And again, that's where the squiggly lines come from. That's where we go out and we try things and hope they'll fix it. For some of us, it's broken relationships and we fall in and out of relationships, hoping somehow we'll find the one that'll fix it. For others, it's addictions that we're in and out of and we hope we'll fix it. For others, we just keep searching and searching for something that'll fix it. But ultimately, our fixes lead to more brokenness. But brokenness isn't all bad. That's what gets our attention. It's in our brokenness that we know something needs to change. And that's where the next slide comes in. Brokenness is what gets us ready to try God's solution. 
to repent and believe the gospel of Jesus. Repent's God's word for confessing and changing. And the gospel is that, again, that God sent Jesus to live the perfect life, to die the death we deserve and be raised to eternal life. And Jesus came to heal our brokenness. And we turn to him, next slide, we can recover, we can pursue, we can start to go after God's design again. That's the three circles. It's really pretty simple. And I'm hopeful that it will become something that you just know again, that will allow you to turn everyday conversations into gospel conversations. And you don't have to be a theologian or a pastor to do this. We all have a story of our faith. This tool is just a visible diagram to give you some talking points and to weave in your own story and how the Lord has moved in your life. If you've already trusted the gospel, I hope you'll come Sunday mornings at 945. Uh, we started this week, but it's not too late to join us. Come at 9.45 a.m. in the fellowship hall, and we're going to go over the circles. And then we're going to go over, as we move along, ways for you to transition conversations and begin to have conversations with others. At 11 next week, I'm going to remind you again of, of the gospel and how you might just give a basic presentation of the gospel of Christ. And I want to say this morning, if you're one who is in that circle of brokenness, I may not have experienced the brokenness you experience, but I too am broken. I was totally broken until I found one who would save me and draw me out of that brokenness, our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm still broken. I'll always be broken this side of heaven. But the only way you and I can recover the only way you, you and I can even begin to recover and pursue God's design is if we trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The only way is if you and I become new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Beloved, we're all broken. We're all broken. So let's repent and believe the good news of Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we're all broken. And this is not necessarily the kind of sermon we look forward to hearing, but we're lost. We are lost apart from you. And Lord, if we know you today, we're grateful for the people who, who shared Christ with us. Perhaps it was a parent, maybe a Sunday school teacher, maybe a friend or a pastor. Maybe it was even a stranger at a revival or at a youth rally somewhere. Maybe for some of us, it's like me. I'm grateful for a couple guys who were willing to come in the dorm room one night and help me see how broken I am. 
and how broken I was apart from Christ. Lord, we're just grateful for those who had gospel conversations with us. And we ask that you would send us out to have gospel conversations with others. Give us opportunities, Lord, to, to share the hope we have in Jesus. We pray for the people we've placed on our prayer list, their family, their friends, and we'd like to see them come to your saving grace. Lord, some of them may be so stubborn that they refuse to even see their brokenness. But if you could convert Saul, who was ravaging the church, who was destroying the church, but you could convert him such that he led and was a part of a great missionary movement to all of Asia, where millions were saved. Well, Lord, you can do a mighty work in the lives of those we're thinking of. So Holy Spirit, begin that work even now. But by drawing those we're praying for today unto you, and give us opportunities to share the gospel with them. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all power, glory, praise, and honor today and forevermore. Amen. So now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.